0: Dude, we don't care who's listening or who's not listening. What you got planned in 2018? How about a little pacer pod? All right, good evening. Hello, or good morning. Whenever you may be listening to this, Uh, welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. I am going to be talking about the Eastern Conference for this next season and um, uh, what I think may happen. Um, Actually, more, more than making predictions, just kind of giving an analysis of what I think the potential outcomes for each team may be. Um, and it was fun. I've been, you know, it's been a while since I've been on, or since i recorded a, uh, since I recorded an episode, uh, but I've been um, having a good time of just thinking about these teams and um, it makes me more interested in the season because I've got a lot more questions and uh, I'm going to share some of that on this episode. So this is basically just my my take on the uh, Eastern Conference this, this, for this upcoming season. And so essentially, um, I see the Eastern Conference, there's 15 teams. I see it as like the letter T. There's six teams in Tier 1, three teams in Tier 2, 3, and 4. And that top, the T, the crossbar, that's going to be the contenders. I think the teams that have legitimate, cha- little legitimate chance of uh, making it to the NBA finals, um, and that's because I think that their ceilings are high enough. If other teams don't perform as well as they could, because obviously that's um, other some teams are going to underperform, some teams are going to overperform, um, and I think you can make a case for six teams that they could potentially be the best team and represent the Eastern Conference because. On one hand, there's a lot of depth in the on the top, I think, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but you could also say, on the other hand, there's um, there's holes in in, in all these teams in the Eastern Conference, I think. And but I think that's kind of true for a lot of the teams in the NBA this year. It's it's kind of nice looking looking around, and there's not that one team that you know for sure, like the Golden State Warriors have been for the, for the past you know, f- uh, four or five years. I'm just like, wow, they've They've got the best players, and they've they've won the last couple championships. They're going to dominate. So it's nice going into this year where it's it's uh the, the board's been, uh the board's been uh you know re, restacked whatever <laughs> whatever that setting is, um, yeah, and it's the start of a new decade too. So it's pretty cool. The NBA is wide open, I believe, and uh, there's a lot of teams that I believe think that they can win the, the NBA championship this year. And in the Eastern Conference, I think there's six um, who could represent the East. And then that next tier, like I was talking about, those are just teams that I think are going to be, you know, decent. And then there's another tier that I think, you know, um, are going to be interesting. And then another tier that I think don't have any hope. And so uh, that's kind of how I see the structure of the Eastern Conference this year. And uh, there is one team who could fall from that five to potentially uh, the very bottom, depending on how the season goes. So without further ado, let me, uh, let me just get started with, uh, I'm gonna start down here at the bottom of these uh, Eastern Conference teams. And I'm gonna start with the bottom tier, the three teams that I think have no chance and really even competing for a playoff spot next year. And this would be teams that well, I would expect to see in the lottery. And so the first team is going to be the Washington Wizards. And it, basically the Washington Wizards Wizards have Bradley Beal. He's an all-star. He's probably going to have a huge season. Uh, but everybody else around Bradley Beal um, is not very good. I don't think. They got Rui Hachimara. Um, as like, I think they got him with the ninth pick. So they have the lottery pick. Uh, but... Then, I don't know. I don't think Washington's going to be very good next year. I wonder if they're going to um, potentially trade trade Brad Beal. Uh, obviously, John Wall's going to be out all season. And I do know that they have new um, management, like a new GM in this year. So, uh, the Wizards, I think, are going to be bad. Next up in this bottom tier is the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte... Um, Got they lost their best player, Kimba Walker, um, and they lost Kimba because they didn't want to re-sign him for the for that amount of money. And to me, this is just and they're in they're in ruins now. Um, I I wouldn't want to sign Kimba to that deal that he got, but uh, they should have traded him, you know, at at the ha- at the All Star break or, or like before the All Star break because they didn't get anything back for. Um, for Kimba Walker and you compare that to what the Pacers did with Paul George right when they knew that next the next season wasn't going to involve Paul George then or I think they knew that at this time I'm speculating I wasn't really following it that that closely at this time but I know the Pacers were able to make a trade you no know, maybe they traded him in the summertime regardless the Pacers got they got something back for their superstar whereas Charlotte didn't get anybody back in return for Kemba. he just he just went to another team and so that's bad and therefore charlotte this year they really don't have much um they've got terry Rozier, the backup point guard for boston so he'll have a chance to actually get some minutes um they've got big cody zeller and um you know not much else there they've got guy from michigan state the uh, rookie or he the second year player uh lottery pick for can't think of his name right now, um, and uh, Malik Monk. So they've got some. Int- they've got a little bit of young talent, but for how bad they're going to be, it's not. It's not much. There's not much to really be excited about there for Charlotte. Um, so they're going to be. They're going to be in the bottom of the, of, the, of the East, and the the last team in this in this uh, in the basement is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Same thing with with Cle- I mean, well, not the same thing. I don't know like. They've got Kevin Love. Uh, they have Colin Sexton, and they drafted Darius Garland this year with the fifth pick, and they have Seti Osman. Um, they've got some veterans, but I think this is really another year that the, the Cavs are going to be bad. Um, if if I were the Cavs, I'd, I, would, I would probably trade away Kevin Love if you can get anything, um, you know, that's uh, – you know, if you can get a good a good first round pick and and I don't know, or maybe some young talent back, um, I don't know. But I'd, I'd be looking to move off of Kevin Love most likely, if I was Cleveland, and just seeing who you got in Sexton or Garland. So they've drafted point guards in the last two drafts. They've had lottery picks, um, so maybe they can play together. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's going to be rough for the Cavs. They did they did get one dude um, man, what was his name in the, in the first round this year from USC, but, uh, the dude's got, he kind of reminds me of like Kelly Oubre, where it's like, doof, this dude can, he's athletic and, um, he can score. What's his last name? I want to say Porter, but anyways, um, that's about it really for Cleveland. I don't know much else. Moving on to the, uh, the next tier, which, is the tier that I think somebody from this tier is going to be good. Um, it's basically the two, the three teams that were bad last year, um, but I think that they have a chance to to be decent this year. And that's they all happen to be pretty young. So um, I'll start with the New York Knicks. I'm interested in the Knicks next year. They like they got R.J. Barrett with the number two overall pick. Um, I think R.J. Barrett's going to be good. Um, I like Julius Randle. They also have still they have Dennis Smith Jr. Who um, I don't know, man. Like Dennis Smith Jr. Can definitely hoop. Like he can get buckets. He's super athletic. Um, he can score, but he does seem a little uh, erratic. Um, but I don't know. Like I think in the right situation, or, or it doesn't have to be the right situation. Like I think he's he's dangerous. Um, he can he can play basketball and. With him and RJ Barrett, those are a couple good playmakers. And then you got Julius Randle, like I mentioned. I like Bobby Portis. They got Marcus Morris. So they got some power forwards. They've got some size. Um, I don't know. I think that they 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 could be interesting. I don't, I also like the chances of RJ Barrett. Um, you know, really kind of taking a step. Like, I, I think he could be the the rookie of the year next year. I think um, he's going to have a lot of opportunity and. Well, I don't know. I mean, to me, he's he's a, he's 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 got a chance at rookie of the year, and then uh, so yeah, I think New York could be could be kind of good next year. I'm interested in their team, but ultimately, I don't think that they're going to be. Uh, they don't have the chance of, of contending for the Eastern Conference. Uh, they do have the chance of contending for a playoff spot, though. Uh, moving on, the Atlanta Hawks. So the Hawks were, you know, they they've got Trey Young. Uh, this will be his. Third year, I believe. Um, Jason Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. They've got some young talent. Um, they've got some vets. I, th- I believe Vince Carter's still with them. Um, I like the Hawks uh, as far as um, their shooting ability. But I don't see it. I don't see it yet. Like, I don't think that they're necessarily a, a team that I'm, I'm worried about. Um, but you really do. You never know. I mean... And I think I'm, I'm probably a little biased against Trey Young for his size. I might be size shaming. But I just, you know, as crafty as he is, I, I just don't think he can be your best player, um, at least at this point in his career. But I'm interested in the Hawks for sure. And then the last team, you know, who I think is, they've got the chance to be good. But I could also see them not being good is the Chicago Bulls. I like Lori Marketing. Um, I like Zach Levine. I, I still haven't, I wouldn't give up on Zach Levine yet. It's like a, well, and I'm saying this because of, I, uh, I play with him on my, in, in 2k and he's really, really good. So I, I, I don't know. I've never really watched Zach Levine play a lot, a ton of NBA basketball. So, um, uh, but I like, I like him. I think he's, he's got, obviously he's got a bunch of talent. And, uh, so with him and marketing, they, they picked up our guy, Thad Young dad's gonna be. I think he's gonna be um, having have, have make a big impact on the the maybe the locker room uh, there in Chicago. He can be the vet, um, but he's not gonna be um, asked to probably do a lot of the heavy lifting. And uh, they got Wendell Carter Jr. Um, I I'm pretty. I, I think the Bulls could could be pretty good this year, and um, it could be a, a breakout season for Lowry Markin and their big guy. I, I like him. Um, I think the Bulls, the Bulls could could be a playoff team. If I, between the Bulls, Atlanta, and the Knicks, I would lean towards. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I I, I like the all three of them. Could, could they're going to be in the Knicks. So uh, we'll see. Um, who's next? Okay, so the next tier. These are the teams that are I, I, are really the playoff contenders, but I don't think either three of these teams have the chance at uh, making it into uh, the Eastern Conference, uh, to be the Eastern Conference champions, champions. And the first team is going to be the Detroit Pistons. So Detroit made the playoffs last year. They lost in the first round. Um, they got swept by the Bucs. Um, going into next season... Their, their roster looks like this. They've got Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Derrick Rose, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, the other Morris brother, Markeith. They have a first-round draft pick, Sekou Dumbuya. And they also have uh, someone who I still like, um, at least another 2K reference here, Thon McCour. And, um, uh, you know, when you look at that roster, it's like, eh, I don't know. Um, but then I started looking back at, at last season and, you know, uh, Blake Griffin, he, he really did. He had, he had statistically one of, the, one of the best seasons of his career um, last year. He, he just basically got injured at the very end of it, though, and missed uh, at least, I think he missed two games in the playoffs or at least one and just wasn't, you know, he was, he was in bad shape um, at the end of last season. Um, so it's it's a real bummer because because of how well it played and then you know with the pistons they got andre drummond the big man in the middle who just puts up monster numbers i mean and you know drummond is still young he's 28 29 um last year he averaged 17 points 15 boards um and then one and a half steals and one and a half blocks i mean he's statistically you know, one of the best centers for sure in the Eastern Conference, maybe be behind Joel Embiid. Um, so Drummond's a monster. Blake Griffin coming off one of his best seasons last year. And then they signed uh, Derrick Rose this year. And then looking back at Derrick Rose's season, he had his best year that he's had since 2016, 2017. Um, so it's been four years. And so it was. That's got to be encouraging if you're Derrick Rose to come back and have a good season. Um, and he, if you look at his season last year, he really did. I mean, he averaged 27 minutes a game. He averaged 18 points a game on good field goal percentage. He was at 48, and he scored over 30 four times. And um, memorably, he had that 150 point game last year. Um, but he did end up missing time at the end of the season because he had something. Um, something going on with his elbow. So he missed the last 15 games of the season. So I don't know. I don't know if Derrick Rose is going to be healthy this year. Um, Same thing with Blake Griffin. And to me, that's really what you got to look at with the Pistons is because if those two guys are healthy, I mean, this team, all of a sudden it looks pretty different because now you're looking at Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Marquise Morris. These guys are now your third or, you know, your fourth, fifth and sixth options. Um, because Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose can get buckets. Uh, Drummond's going to be nasty in the middle, and then you just surround him with sh- – like, Kennard could have a great season. Morris could have a good season. Um, so I don't know. I think Detroit has a potential there to be pretty darn good if those guys are healthy. And um, one, I guess one question I had, you know, if I'm looking into the, the, pace or the Pistons next season is, you know, Reggie Jackson, he's their guy who I was thinking – um, it Aaron Aaron Holiday to me, you know, could could be kind of he kind of reminds me of Reggie Jackson, uh, just you know a guard who's who's shifty with the ball, who can uh, create his own shot, good athleticism, um, kind of tough nosed. Uh, anyways, he's going to be a free agent next year, and so the Pistons are pretty locked into this team, and Reggie Jackson is is kind of their only um kind of playing playing card here that they can but they can use to make moves so I'm wondering if you know if, if what they'll do with him and maybe they could bring in um I don't know I'm not going to get into that but I find the Pistons interesting but at the same time I don't see them as a serious contender in the Eastern Conference although there is a little bit of me that that if if Griffin and if Rose were healthy that you know they they're in the same they, they could be put in the same class as the Pacers, I think. So um, I think they're a playoff contender, good ceiling with perfect health, but I don't I'm not banking on perfect health for the Pistons this year. Um let's see, the next the next team in this second tier is the Orlando Magic, another playoff team from last year. Uh, they finished eighth. In the East, and they lost to the defending champs, Toronto Raptors. Um, they got one game against Toronto. It was the first game of the season, or first game of the series. Um, and DJ Augustine had like a monster game, I remember. And Kyle Lowry had a terrible game. Um, so looking at the Magic, though, for next season, uh, I think we just we kind of know what they are. They do have some interesting, they've got some questions, though. Uh, but with their roster, they did they do have an all-star in Vucevic or, or Vucevic. Um, definitely not the way I said it the second time. Uh, first time is a little closer. Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, um, all those guys are under contract. They've got Jonathan Isaac, who I'm very interested in. Um, Evan Fournier, DJ Augustine. You know, they don't blow you away with their talent, but... They have some nice pieces, I believe, uh, for Orlando. And it's just, you know, when you look at this team, it's like, who's their, who's their alpha? And I don't know if it's Aaron Gordon or Vucevic or Terrence Ross, but uh, regardless, it's, it's not that intimidating right now. Um, but going into the next season, you know, the, Orlando was kind of a surprise team. I don't think anybody necessarily uh, saw them making a, the playoffs last year. They got a new coach with uh Steve Clifford. And uh so they'll be looking to build off of last year's team or last year's um you know season and uh you know what they lack up but well, this was interesting to me with Orlando because they're not a very talented team um but they they definitely make up for it on the defensive end. So they were fifth last year in um, opponent's points per game and they were eighth in defensive rating. So statistically defensively they were they were very good and i that, do that's what i do remember watching that playoff series and i, I guess steve clifford must have a history of, of coaching um spending time on the defensive end but uh yeah and, and they're gonna have a lot of chemistry uh, they, they're they gonna have uh building from last season so they're gonna have some momentum this year uh, but i just don't think they've got uh enough talent ultimately one of those guys are gonna need to pop so like Maybe if Aaron Gordon takes a big leap forward, like maybe if Aaron Gordon becomes most improved player in the league, like he would have to be, he's kind of in that position right now to be a candidate. It's like, all right, man, what are you going to be? Are you going to be um, the high end of what we, what we thought when we drafted you and signed you to the extension? Or are you kind of plateauing right now in your career? Because he's, he's going to be entering his prime. And um, or like Jonathan Isaac. He's the guy I really want to, I'm interested in. Um, and for the, if you're the magic next year, you're looking out and you're like, all right, they've got some, they've got three guys who could potentially be studs. Um, they just haven't shown it yet. And Jonathan Isaac would be the first one. He's like six. What is he like? his I, I wish I had, he's so long. He's like seven foot with like eight foot wingspan. Um, he's just a, he's a monster, uh, but he plays small forward. And so it's just he's he's a freak athletically and then you got marco fultz former number one draft pick and then you got mo bamba who's somehow just as freakishly athletic as as jonathan isaac and um i would be interested in those three players if i was an orlando magic fan can can one of those or two of those or all three of those guys find their way into the rotation and and make the the uh the magic better in the playoffs so I didn't do this for Detroit, um, but I have it for the Magic. But are they better or worse than last year? I think they definitely are going to be better than last year. They're going to be a stronger team uh, because of the continuity. Continuity. I think they're a playoff contender, but that's about it. Uh, right. Bum, bum, bum. This is on to the last team uh, that did not make the cut for the contenders. And that, to me, is the Miami Heat. So Miami, uh, they lost Hassan Whiteside, um, Josh Richardson. Uh, But the big news going into next year is that they signed Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets has his own team in Miami uh, with Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. Um, I think it's a good fit for Jimmy Butler. I think he's going to do well in Miami. Um, He's 30 years old. This is his showcase year, because as of right now, it's Jimmy Butler, and then there's a pretty decent job for the, for the Heat. So it's going to be a big season for Jimmy Butler. I'm going to be looking to get him in my fantasy league, that's for sure. Um, but I don't know. Too, I mean, I think Miami's definitely going to be good, but I don't see them having what it takes to um, you know compete for the Eastern Conference Championship. So that's why I'm going to have that. But I definitely see them as a potential. They could be a seventh seed, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, so you got Jimmy Butler, um, and then Goran Dragic, their point guard. He's man, I I, I want to say he's thirty four years old going into this season, and this is going to be a contract year for Dragic, so he should definitely be motivated. Um, but I'm a little leery uh, because I was looking, you know, at Dragic's basketball reference page, and he's six foot three. A lot of his success. You know, came from. He's very shifty with the ball, being able to get around guys, play make, um, uh, create space with his dribble and penetration. Uh, but he may be starting to lose a step at thirty four. Um, I looked in his last three seasons; each one has has been progressively worse. And and it it's, it was you know from twenty points, six rebound, or I think it was either six rebounds and four assists, or, or the other way around. I'd assume probably six assists and four rebounds. Um, so he went from a 20 point score down to 13 and his steals are down, his shooting percentage is down. Uh, so Dragic is not on a good trajectory right now as a 34 year old uh, point guard. Yeah, but it is a contract year. He's definitely, I mean, I'm sure he's still going to have a, he can, you know, help teams win, but I just don't know if he's a uh, very strong starting point guard at, at this point in his career. Uh, so then, so there you go. You got Butler, Drogic in the backcourt. Justice Winslow, Bam, Ambadayu, Amba, Amba uh, You know, both young guys. Relatively, they. You know, think Bam. This might be his second year, and Winslow third or fourth year. Um, high draft picks. Definitely shown that they've got talent, um, athletic. Uh, definitely two nice pieces that Miami has there. And then, uh, but then it then it takes a little. It takes a little bit of a, a drop here. With uh, Kelly O'Linick and Tyler Harrow. Harrow, I think they took in the lottery, 13th pick going into next year. Um, he's a sharp shooter. Uh, and then they have a bunch of vets. My they've got Miles Leonard from Illinois, Dion Waiters, James Johnson, Derek Jones Jr. Um, I don't know, just looking at looking at Miami's roster, it's just kind of like, all right. I'm, that, that Miles Leonard, Deion Waiters, James Johnson, Derek Jones line just doesn't do much for me. But I would be excited about Jimmy Butler. I'd be excited for Winslow and Bam and um, their rookie hero. Uh, but we'll see. That's, that's, uh, they lost Whiteside Richardson, Ryan Anderson, and Wayne Ellington. So um, you know, going into next season for the Miami Heat, it's all about Jimmy Butler and, and how does he lead this team? Um, is he, I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to do. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see, see what, how the heat are this season. Uh, it's, I could see a Drogic getting traded, you know, or, but maybe they're winning. Maybe he's having a great season and they're, they're clicking, but I could also see it kind of going bad. Um, Heat are kind of stuck with those guys like Dion Waiters and James Johnson and Olenek where, I say that because I don't watch a lot of heat game heat games, but they just don't excite me. I don't maybe they're good players, and um, I just wouldn't be excited having those guys locked in for multiple year contracts, which the Heat do. So, it's not a great situation. I don't think it, I wouldn't be too excited. I, I'm not that impressed with Miami moving forward, but regardless, they're a playoff contender this year, um, and that's that's about all. So, all right, here we go. So moving into the contenders. And um, this, is, this, is, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I, it's to me uh, gonna be it's wide open, really, uh the Eastern Conference. There's there's Milwaukee in uh Philadelphia, who everybody um kind of just pencils in as one and two. Then you got Boston, um Toronto probably if you're looking at the national media. Um, Brooklyn, and then our Indiana Pacers. So, and I agree with that. I think all six of those teams uh, have a chance. But uh, let's get into it here a little bit. Let's take a look at you know what the Pacers are up against this year. What's the competition look like? And uh, to start with, this is the team that I'm kind of the least worried about going into next season, and uh, that's going to be the uh, Toronto Raptors. So the defended champs, thankfully, the Raptors, you know, they beat the Warriors. They, they crippled the dynasty. Uh, they brought the title back to the Eastern Conference and um, were, were ready for the new decade. Uh, but Toronto, you know, they lost Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi was the engine that was driving that ship. And he's no longer going to be there along with Danny Green. Um, and so there's there's space now for a new leader on this team. Is it going to be Kyle Lowry? Um, is it going to be Pascal Siakam? Um, time will tell. Uh, but you know when you look at the, the when you look at the Raptors roster, they've got a ton of depth. Even without Kawhi and Danny Green, they got a lot of good players. But a lot of their core their core is all basically up for new deals this year. So they've got. Kind of like the Pacers last year, when all of our, you know, with Bogey and Thad and Corey Joseph and you know that all these guys that were on expirings, um, you just don't know what's going to happen with you guys. You don't know if the team's going to re-sign them or if they're going to go to a new team. Is the team going to trade them? Uh, so that's what's going to be up in the air for Toronto next year. Is where do they go now that they just won the championship? Do they want to continue to compete and contend with? A team that's maybe led by siakam moving into this next era um and then you, so the supporting role is lowry and they can hang on to abaca and bring back Gasol. uh i don't know they've got some young talent you know they with og and Anobi and uh fred van fleet they brought in hollis jefferson they've got saw so- they've, they've got some nice um obviously experience because they, their core has just won the championship. But I also see this being a situation where maybe they go the complete other way and say, yeah, we're going to hang on to Siakam or just try him out at least. I think Siakam is, is probably going to be a, an all-star this year. Last year, he was the most improved player. The question for him is, you know, how good is he going to be? Is uh, Is he going to really go from last year averaging 17 points, seven rebounds, three assists, does he with the departure of Kawhi? Does he elevate into like a twenty-two point game per game score? Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But uh, that to me is you know like is kind of what will probably. Um, I, I shouldn't say probably. Uh, what will Toronto do with this season? If Spicy Peas awesome and Kyle Lowry still playing awesome and. Gasol looks good. Maybe they keep the team together. And then it's like, bam, that's a solid team. And with this Eastern conference, the top teams in the Eastern conference, I mean, they could definitely be um, a contender and that team at its best. I mean, yeah, I, I would be, I, I wouldn't necessarily say the Pacers are going to be better than that team, but I don't necessarily know if that's the way the season's going to play out for them, but they are a contender. Um, you know, when you look at the Raptors, I, I did they get better or worse? I think they got worse this year, and uh, I think that's that's pretty easy to say. Um, but I think the Pacers can beat the Raptors, but they're in they're definitely in the same class. All right, this next team, uh, um, this is the te- one of the teams that I talked myself into, and it's the Brooklyn Nets. And so the Nets, um, going into this season they're coming off a season last year where they they increased their win totals like drastically from the year prior. They were kind of uh, they I think they ended up 42 and 40. actually I know that I, I wrote that down they they ended up 42 and 40. Um, they lost they made it to the playoffs but lost to the 76ers um, and that was the team that you know had featured D'Angelo Russell but really what was going on with that team you had Jarrett Allen, Joe Harris, Spencer did um, They just had some decent guys going um, depth wise uh, on that team. And now you lose D'Angelo Russell going into this season, but you replace it with, or you replace him with Kyrie Irving. Um, and then obviously the Nets picked, they got Kevin Durant, but he's not going to be playing this year. So thankfully we can look at this team without KD, um, but even without KD, uh, this team, to me, has the potential to win the Eastern Conference, and that's because they got a stud with, with Kyrie, and he is going to have to be looking to, to uh, kind of have one of those fuck you seasons because of how bad everything went last year in Boston. And who's to say that, you know, like Kyrie is good, right? He played with LeBron, um, won a championship, and now he's going to be with KD. And maybe just having KD on that team and traveling with the team and takes the pressure off of Kyrie. Kyrie doesn't have to necessarily be the the, the vocal leader of the team. He can kind of play that 1A role. And then this year, especially with KD out, KD's going to probably be telling Kyrie, you know, like, go, boy, go. Get buckets, man. And so I think Kyrie Kyrie could have a breakout, another not a breakout season, but kind of just like a don't forget about me. And the Nets could be really good because – They've got the superstar talent, and then they've got a lot of good, solid, um, good, solid players. Uh, Karis Levert, uh, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I love. I really like this roster. Torian Prince. They added DeAndre Jordan, and you can keep going. I mean, so already I'm at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys with DeAndre Jordan. Um, <clears throat> I like that they've got this guy Karuk's, Um, Six foot nine, 21 years old. I just love, I just watched him play one or two times, and I just love the way that this guy plays. Um, he actually got he averaged sixteen minutes in the playoffs last year, so you know he's got potential to be to be pretty good next year. They've got Nick Claxton, um, who they drafted in the first round. Nick Claxton uh, was from Georgia, so he was on uh, Tom Crean's team. Tom Crean is the coach down at Georgia, and so uh, the the Nets drafted Claxton. He's six eleven. He basically was like playing point guard at Georgia, and he was. Uh, he's only twenty years old. He's springy. I, I would be super excited to have Nick Nick Claxton on uh, on the Pacers. But uh, so, anyways, yeah. I mean, I just think that I think their roster is really good. I think that Kyrie's going to be in a better situation, at least for in his opinion, and I think he's going to be ready to have a good season. Um, he's going to be ready to to you know shake that stank from Boston last year. Um, And then one thing to think about, you know, without KD, I don't know. I mean, I still think this team could be really good. Like who knows how good Karis Levert's going to be. And Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Joe Harris, Jared Allen. I mean, those are solid players. Um, We don't know how good those are going to be. They're all pretty young. Um, And Kyrie. So, but what if Durant's ready for the playoffs? Um, if Durant is ready for the playoffs this team is could be could be crazy good. And so looking ahead next year, I mean they they already have most of those guys are all under contract um into next season as well. And so I think if if there is a bet on who's going to win a championship maybe next year, um I'd be looking out for Brooklyn if if this goes well, if it goes well this season. They they could win one of the one of, they could win championship in this year or next year, I think. Um you look across their roster. So if you don't got like these players, you know, they're a lot, they, they have so much size. That's the thing that stands out so much to me. Um, you know, incredible depth. They've got young talent with, I think that has the potential to be really, really, really great role players. Like, can you imagine uh, Spencer Dinwiddie? I mean, cause now imagine this team with, with Kyrie and KD, and then still with all these, the supporting cast here, If those guys um, are willing to not put up numbers that they could if they were the second or third option, um, if they're willing to sacrifice that, this team could be really, really good. Um, They're going to have that dynamic duo, crazy good shot-making, play-making. I can't think of another team um, really that can... um, like. I can't imagine guarding, like go, having to go up against Kyrie and KD at the same time. It's crazy. They've got incredible size and versatility. The entire team's six foot six and higher, and the entire team besides Kyrie Irving. Now that's you can look that up. I, I looked that up. That is insane. Um How much height they have on this team. But looking at Brooklyn, looking at next season, the flip the flip side of the coin is maybe it goes the other way. You know, maybe. Maybe Kyrie really is a bad leader um, who has a hard time getting other guys involved. I don't know. So, Chemistry, leadership, that could be an issue. Um, will the guys be happy? Will guys like Spencer Dinwiddie or Joe Harris? Will they be cool getting you know, 10, 11 points a game rather than 15, 16, 18 which they could be averaging? Um, I don't know. When you look at Brooklyn, did they get better or worse? I think they definitely got better. And they are a contender. All right, the next team I'm going to talk about is the Boston Celtics. Celtics, you know, going into last or last season it, with, with uh, the Pacers, you know, they, they swept the Pacers in the playoffs. We know quite a bit about the, the Celtics, um, but the Celtics next season are going to have a totally different flavor. They added Kimball Walker. Um, you're going to have... Another, like I think you're gonna have a better season from Gordon Hayward. Um, they're gonna be a tough team, uh, but so last year Celtics forty nine and thirty three, they had finished just ahead of the Pacers. They swept the Pacers and ended up with a second round loss to Milwaukee. Um, they only won one game against the Bucks. Looking at their roster, Brad Stevens, the head coach, is gonna have another dynamic point guard like he had with Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie. His point guards score a ton of points and Kimba is somebody who can get buckets. And Kimba is gonna be on a very good team for the first time in his career. Um, Boston could be Boston could be very good. Um, so it starts with Kimba Walker and then they have another, here's another most improved candidate, Jalen Brown. Um, does Jalen Brown take that next step into becoming like a 22, 23, 24 point scorer? uh while averaging like five six rebounds three four assists then Jalen Brown he's a stud. Gordon Hayward he's a stud. Marcus Smart he's a stud. Um they have they, they brought in Enos Cantor who's like was he seven foot. Uh, he's built like a like the side of a building. He's thick. Um uh, but Cantor's a nice player. Uh, but then it gets kind of weak and or not even necessarily weak but just unproven. Um I mean, they have Daniel Tice, who has played, but not, does not strike any fear. Um, and then the, the, the Celtics took three swings in the draft. They added a uh, Purdue guy, Carson Edwards, who, you know, if Trey Young can do it, I don't know, maybe Carson Edwards can do it. They added Romeo Langford, young guy for IU. Um, I, this was the year that I didn't really watch any IU, so I, I did miss out on Langford, So I don't know what to expect from him. Um, and then they also got Grant Williams, uh, who's like a six-seven kind of Draymond Green type build. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't. I don't. I don't think Grant Williams is quite as athletic as Draymond, but just a smaller big. And but Grant Williams can do a lot of different things, so he could be he could be pretty solid. Um, the big question for me in, in Boston next year, and it's going to be how that how do they split up these shots? You know between. Kimba, Tatum, Hayward, Brown, Cantor. Um, who's, gonna, who's gonna be one, two, three, four in, in, in the shot chart here? Um, does Hayward have a bounce back year? Does he elevate his game to be, you know, one of the one of the leaders on this team? Uh, so the Celtics are exciting. I think you know their biggest strength is that they've got really four guys that are top-level talent. And they had four guys who actually not even the same guys but four dudes on team USA which was Tatum, Brown, Kemba, Smart um i guess team USA kind of they they didn't they didn't win a gold but it's still still good i'm sure for for the for the Celtics four guys to be on the same team for that much for that long and they're going to be ready to go um but here's the thing with the, with the Celtics so um and kind of the the overarching theme here with these six teams is I, I see them all having this this potential but then at the same time I've, i they're, they have these these weaknesses and with the Celtics what are they gonna do um, in the in uh, the front court because to me they're very undersized and not gonna be ready to handle the likes of some of the teams in the league or in the east who have good big guys and it's basically they've got Enos Cantor and then who? Who, who is the next guy, like, who's going to guard, um, you know, I, I mean, I could, I could could use Sabonis, for example. Like, who's going to guard Sabonis? Is it going to be Daniel Tice? Is it going to be Grant Williams, Gordon Hayward? Uh, does Jalen Brown move over to the four? Um, because when you got Cantor at the five, I mean, I don't know. And that's just the Pacers example. I just think that's a, that's a weakness in the Celtics, uh, Or you know, to me, that's the biggest weakness is their their front court depth. Um, But ultimately, I think they still got better this year. You know, they lost Kyrie, they lost uh, Al Horford, but there's room for now. There's really room for the young guys to take a step up. Um, I'd expect a big season from Tatum and from Brown. Um, You know, one thing Pacers related. I have heard. I mean, there's some rumors floating around there about. That link the Pacers and the Celtics uh, to a trade involving Jalen Brown uh, to the the Pacers for DeMontis Sabonis. And I've been on the record always saying, do not trade Sabonis, do not trade Sabonis, do not trade Sabonis. This one one makes me stop and think, though. Um, So, anyways, I think that's interesting. I would, I would, I would entertain the idea of Jalen Brown for Demontis Sabonis swap, uh, but I, I definitely want to see what Sabonis and Turner can do to start the season here, and I love Sabonis, man. So it's like I don't want to see, I don't want this to happen, even if it makes the Pacers better. <laughs> That's not true, but um, yeah. So I think Boston got better, and they're definitely going to be in 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 the hunt this year in the Eastern Conference. Um, all right, we got three more teams, so. Let's do the Philadelphia 76ers. Philly finished last year. They were third in the Eastern Conference, 51-31. and They beat the Nets in the first round, and then they lost in seven games to the defending champion, Toronto Raptors. Um, Roster moves for the 76ers. Um, They made the additions of Al Horford. They re-signed Tobias Harris. And they added Josh Richardson, um, to a starting lineup that already has Joe Embiid and Simmons. So basically, they just re- reshuffled the deck. Um, they lost Jimmy Butler. They lost uh, uh, JJ Redick. They who else? Um, eh, doesn't necessarily matter. But this team going into next season is incredible. This, this starting five, I think, is, is could potentially. They've got the highest ceiling of any, any starting five in the NBA if it works. Um, I mean, Ben Simmons at point guard, six foot nine. Josh Richardson, shooting guard. He can play off ball. He can be running around. He's a good outside defense, or uh, outside defense, um, perimeter defender. He can shoot the three, uh, play, you know, he's got decent size. Uh, but then you go then you go right to Tobias Harris at the 3 Al Horford at the 4 and then Joel Embiid at the 5 I mean that is an, that is an imposing starting five amazing top talent on this team and for that reason alone it's like yeah the 76ers could win it all for the I mean they could definitely represent the east and you could settle there and and that's a good point and i think that that's that's fine but they also have some holes and once you get past the top five, it, it gets pretty bare, in my opinion. I mean, you go Mike Scott. Has anybody ever heard of him? I mean, um, you know, he's, he's, he can shoot the three a little bit, but he's not that great of a player. Uh, James Ennis, kind of the same thing. Um, they have some decent young talent with, you know, Zaire Smith. Like, maybe you'd want to see him. Uh, they have the, the rookie who's not supposed to be that good on offense, but is so supposed to be really good on defense, Matisse Steibel. Um just got a lot going on once you get outside of that top five, um, and that's because those guys all make a ton of money. Besides Ben Simmons, and he doesn't, he hasn't got paid yet. Um, all right. So, looking at the season, you know, what 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 is, what is it about? What is it about Philly? Um, what's going to matter to them? And to me, it's like, you know, you're going to have, if if Embiid's healthy, he's going to be awesome, and Simmons is going to be um, pretty awesome. I would expect him to be better this year without Jimmy Butler um, because he'll have the ball a little bit more maybe. Uh, but what kind of role does Tobias Harris play? Because they, they invested in Tobias. Yeah, they, they brought him back. And, and I just wonder what what kind of role he's going to be. Last year, when Jimmy, with Jimmy Butler on the team, he averaged 18 points and 8 rebounds. So maybe he takes an elevated role. Um, he he might be a potential most improved candidate if he could get his scoring up to like 23, 24. Maybe he becomes the primary that Jimmy Butler, uh, maybe he gets most of Jimmy Butler shots. I don't know. Um, so that'll be interesting. Tobias Harris, what what is he like on this team? And, uh, you know, what about the addition about Horford? So I think Horford is definitely can still contribute on the floor for sure. I mean, he's getting older, but he's not someone who's, making his money because he's the most athletic guy out there. Um, He's doing it because he's, he's smart and he's a good teammate. And I'm interested to see what he does to the Philadelphia locker room. Is he able to, um, you know, make these young guys mature a little bit more, maybe, or like, I don't know, add some extra professionalism. And it'll just be interesting to see if he makes Embiid and Simmons and Harris better. Like, uh, Maybe just having a vet like Horford, rather than a vet like Jimmy Butler, could make all the difference for this team. Might give more room for Butler and Simmons to um, blossom. Maybe, maybe Butler was a little stifling last year. That's personally my opinion. I think so. I think, I, I think that they had too much. But uh, I don't know. Um, how would they handle an, an injury? That's a big question because they do not have much depth and. You know, another thing about the Philadelphia 76ers next year, it's all about Embiid and Simmons. It's like this thing, is this going to, are these two going to work together? Um, are they going to take the next step? I mean, last year, you know, they they did. They, they they gave Toronto all they could handle, taking them to seven games, but this is a different team. And all they, like they lost Butler and Redick, um, and but they got back Horford in return and Josh Richardson. So yeah, it's just it's a re, it's a reshuffling uh, of the deck. But uh, I don't know. You look at this team, that starting five. They definitely to me that's the best in the league. Um, and they have to be considered a a, a a favorite. And but their weakness is they their role players are unproven and they do not have a ton of shooting on their team. Um, so in my opinion. Philadelphia got worse, but they had the potential to be better. How's that? So last team besides our Indiana Pacers would probably be the team that most, I would say, uh, favorite in the East is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks, Central Division rivals uh, to the Pacers. The Bucks had the best the best record in the league last year. They had a brand-new arena. They have they had a brand new coach in Mike Budenhosel, Hoser, Hosel. and then they also had the MVP of the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is he is he I uh, he's he's insane. I think he's only twenty four years old, and last year as he averaged twenty eight points, twelve and a half rebounds, six assists, one and a half steals, and one and a half rebounds. Um for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, They won 60 games. They swept the Detroit Pistons in the first round. They beat Boston four to one in the second round and they lost to the eventual defending champion, Toronto Raptors, in the Eastern Conference Finals, four games to two uh, for Milwaukee. So, you know, Giannis took the team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, They, you know, Milwaukee were... I, I think they were probably a surprise team last year. Like, I don't necessarily think they were favored to... Boston was definitely... Boston was the was the sexy pick last year to be... Um, uh, you know, best team in in the East. Uh, but anyways, going back to Milwaukee, you know... They, so they're they coming off a good season, but they were not able to bring back everybody. They lost um, Malcolm Brogdon to us thankfully and um they lost Nikola Mirotic another solid role player for them um so looking at their roster they've got they've got best they've had the best player from last year uh Giannis he, he's a he's a super super superstar and then they have um an all-star in Chris Middleton small forward, great shooter uh Team USA member so Milwaukee definitely has really good top talent, um, better than the Pacers, you know, that type of stuff. But then to me, there's not a whole lot that is scary. Like, you have Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe. They're decent as a third and fourth option, in my opinion. Uh, Brooke Lopez, you know, he can stretch the floor as a big. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he yeah, he's fine. And kind of the same thing with Eric Bledsoe. Like, he's an athletic guard. I think Bledsoe is turning... Yeah, Bledsoe's 30. And he's a guy who definitely has, um, you know, used his athleticism. At, that's what one of the things that differentiates him amongst other point guards is it was, you know, that Bledsoe's always been athletically superior in most matchups. And that's going to start to fade on on, on Bledsoe. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. Um, but he did not do well in the playoffs last year. Um, but he's their starting point guard, and he's so—I mean, he's—he's he's good. Like, I, but personally, I'd rather have Malcolm Brogdon than Eric Bledsoe. And going into next season, and, and for the for the foreseeable future, so I'm super glad that 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 Milwaukee ended up st- sticking with Bledsoe, and that we were able to get Brogdon. Um, and then now we take kind of the next tier down on the on the Milwaukee's roster. We're, a guy we're familiar with who, I mean, to me, looks like he's probably going to start from Milwaukee is Wesley Matthews. So Pacer fans should remember Wes, uh, three, three-point shooter. Um, but he doesn't necessarily do a ton else. But for Milwaukee and Giannis, that's all they need is someone who can hit threes and Wesley can do that. Uh, they also have another former Pacer, George Hill. Uh, they've got Pat Connaughton, who uh, is someone who's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Um, he's he's he was he surprised me a little bit last year, and um, and then they have Ir- Irsan Ilyasova, and then they also have Robin Lopez. I should have started with Robin Lopez because to me, um, he is someone who, uh, could make a could be a difference maker for uh the Bucks and their bench because I've always liked Robin Lopez. I love his hustle, um, and they've got brothers actually. So the Pacers, right? We've got the Holidays, and the Bucks have two sets of brothers. They've got the Lopez brothers, and they have Giannis Antetokounmpo's um, older brother on their team as well. And then just rounding out the rest of Milwaukee's roster, uh, young guy, Davincio from Villanova. They got DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown. So I don't know. Maybe one of those guys will be decent. Um, but, like, I'm looking at Milwaukee's team, and... I don't know like outside of Giannis and Chris Middleton there's not a whole lot that really scares me much uh but they do have Giannis and that's like saying well it's LeBron and um you know LeBron even surrounded with the with the crummy team is still uh a threat to win the win a conference um so for the Pacers it's like if we were to get matched up against the Bucks, I have no idea how we would handle Giannis like Obviously, it would take a lot of, uh, like, team defensive schemes. But um, I don't even know. I was just, just, like, thinking about it. Like, would we put – like, who would be our guy that we would put on? I'm like, last year we knew we would put Thad Young. But this year, I mean, TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon? I don't know. Sabonis? um, What are we doing here? Justin Holliday, maybe? Like, I don't know. I don't know who's going to guard Giannis. Maybe we'll do the old box and one on them. Um, but so yeah, like with with because of Giannis and because of you know Middleton, I mean Milwaukee's going to be a good team and uh, definitely a contender. But to me, their their weakness is the fact that their backcourt is not that impressive. I mean Eric Bledsoe and then George Hill and Wesley Matthews. And then once if you're not going with those guys, then you're you're and then you're asking for I guess Pat Connaughton to step up or or the DaVincio guy. I mean, that's a little sketchy. That's a little sketchy. I think Oladipo and Brogdon could tear up the Milwaukee backcourt. Um so did Milwaukee get better or worse? I think Milwaukee got worse. And I think this team could be kind of pulled back into the mix this year. Um, And it's gonna be, uh, I don't think they're necessarily favored. I don't think they're just guaranteed to be the number one seed again. Um, What else? Well, I guess all that does then is it leaves the Pacers. And so I just kind of did the same you know, outline uh, for the Pacers as I've done for these other teams. And, and I've, I've been high on this team uh, from the summer. I love the addition of Malcolm Brogdon um, and Jeremy Lamb and TJ Warren. And I fanboyed out on go Gabitace, Um And, and then I just think, you know, with Turner and Sabonis, you, you just go down the line on, on, you look at this Pacers roster and there's so many guys that I'm excited for next season. Um, so I just I, I think that they're def- they definitely belong in this conversation with these other teams, and nobody else. It's not it's not just like nobody doesn't seem to see that. It's just uh, they just don't have the star power, and it it's kind of like, yeah, Old Depot is going to come back this year, but what can you really expect from them? Uh, so I think everybody's pretty much riding the Pacers off this year. Um, if 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 you were to rank those six teams that I think are contenders, I think every like most people are going to put the Pacers um, six of those of those six teams. Uh, but when you just look at us, you know, like I think the roster's set man, we we've, we've got depth. We have we have tons and tons of shooting. Um, going into next season, you know, with the new roster, um, what Nate McMillan actually. Yeah, I think Nate McMillan said this, but I know for sure um, Kevin Pritchard said this. Kevin Pritchard being the general manager after last season when they were, they were kind of forecasting into uh, the 2019-2020 season, which is quickly approaching, it was, you know, the Pacers want to play a little faster and they want to shoot more threes. Well, when you look at what they did with their roster, it's like, damn, you know, they addressed those two things. And so uh, we are ready for phase two, which would be implementation of this idea. And so I'm hoping to see the Pacers shoot a lot more threes. I looked back, last year they were 29th in the NBA, 29th out of 30 teams um, in three-point field goal attempts. So they just did not shoot it. Um, and this year, they're gonna just have a lot, they're gonna have a lot better improved shooting. Um, we're no longer gonna have Thad out there and Tyreek and Kyle Quinn and Corey Joseph. I mean, those guys were replaced with Brogdon and Justin Holliday, TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb we got Doug McDermott, Miles Turner. We've got guys who can stretch the floor. Aaron Holiday. I mean, the only non-shooter that the Pacers really have is like TJ McConnell. Um, I mean, Oladipo is like percentage-wise not a great three-point shooter, but um, he's clutch, and it's like, you can't leave him open. Um, he just takes like difficult threes. Uh, but anyways, I just think that, you know, if the Pacers can can add, add three point, add more threes, pick up the pace. They got a lot of guys who can score this year. So it's like I think the Pacers should should aim to be one of the top scoring teams in the league. Like, let's pick up the pace. We uh, we are the Pacers. Right. And we got this deep team. Let's let these guys play. Like, it'd be awesome if McDermott was getting 10 minutes a game and Justin Holiday was getting 15. And, you know, we just have a balanced team approach. And we just roll through everybody based based off of our depth. <laughs> Maybe that'll happen. Um, so essentially, when you're looking at these top six teams, you know I'm high on the Pacers. I'm high on the Brooklyn. I'm high on. I guess those those are my two teams that I like the best. I'm a little bit lower than most on Milwaukee, probably, and also, um, I just I'm t- I would take the under when it comes to Vegas's wins total on, on with like Milwaukee and with with Philly, and then Boston I'm kind of neutral on, and then Toronto I have no idea I have no idea what Toronto's gonna do, but uh, I like I like Brooklyn. And I take the over on Brooklyn and I take the over for the Pacers. So, um, all right, that's it. That is it for tonight. That is it for the Eastern conference. Uh, may the best team win and Pacers have a, the Pacers have a chance. I'm telling you, they do. They've got a chance. I believe you got to believe it. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be in it, believe it to achieve it. So, all right, people, this was a long one. Thanks for checking it out. And, um, we're getting ready. We're getting close. It's almost basketball season. Take care.